So Money episode 944, Ask Farnoosh. You're listening to So Money with award-winning money guru, Farnoosh Torabi. Each day, get a 30-minute dose of financial inspiration from the world's top business minds, authors, influencers, and from Farnoosh herself. Looking for ways to save on gas or double your double coupons? Sorry, you're in the wrong place. Seeking profound ways to live a richer, happier life? Welcome to So Money. Welcome to So Money, everybody. It is Friday, September 27th. Welcome to the show. I'm your host, Farnoosh Tarabi. We've got some Friday questions to answer. Questions about how to sell a timeshare. Timeshares never work out, do they? I've never heard someone go, wow, I'm so in love with my timeshare. It's always more of a negative than a positive, in my experience. But we're going to help out a listener who wants to unload a timeshare. We've also got a question about moving abroad with your fiance and getting your financial ducks in a row before the big move. Another question here about what to do with an additional $50,000 in inheritance money. That's a good problem to have. But before we get to those questions, just want to give you a recap of the week. We had some really amazing guests on the show this week. We had Paula Rizzo back on So Money on Monday. Paula is an Emmy Award-winning producer. She's a media consultant and she wears many hats. And she's the author of the new book, Listful Living, which is the uh, sequel Uh, of the first book she wrote a couple of years ago when she was on the show, she talked about listful thinking. Listful living is all about how to basically, you know, use lists to run a more optimized life and a more fulfilled life. I love that she gave me some permission to take some things off my list. And then on Wednesday, gotta listen to Wednesday. This was a fantastic interview with Chana Janelle Ewing, who's the author of my new favorite book. It's a children's book called An ABC of Equality. Now, this book is a must read for kids, but also adults. I learned a lot reading through this little picture book about some of the terms that we use or don't think to use these days when we're trying to connect with people through the lens of intersectionality and acceptance and equality. It's it's really timely. And we talked a lot about money as well. The book doesn't focus on money, but Chana and I both shared our personal childhood stories on how we learned about money in the context of social currency. And we went back to the cafeteria at school, which was for me at least an eye-opening experience on rich versus poor, You'll have to listen to learn the rest. Chana Janelle Ewing on Wednesday, and her book again is called An ABC of Equality. Before we get to our mailbag, I want to go to the iTunes review section. As you know, every Friday I'm picking a fresh review, and this person who wrote the review will receive a free 15-minute money session with me. I'm having a blast talking to a lot of you one-on-one on the phone. Just got off the phone earlier this week with a listener who is a newly divorced mother of two, a lawyer who is worried and naturally worried about you know life after divorce, taking care of her kids. She wants to make more money. She's got some debt as a result of the divorce. And she and I talked a lot about, you know, how to set plans, what kinds of priorities to set. I said the most important thing is that she takes care of herself. She is number one. Her kids need her. She needs to be strong. She needs to be financially healthy. So just gave her some advice from the heart. And it was, for me at least, a really great 
experience. I love connecting with people one-on-one, hearing your voice, learning from you personally. It means a lot. And I hope that uh, I'm able to you know, give you some helpful tips along the way. So please, I encourage you, if you want to chat with me, leave a review on iTunes and hopefully we will connect. And of course, as always, if you want to leave me a question for our Friday episodes, you can do that on Instagram. Follow me there at Farnoosh Tarabi. Direct message me there with your question and I'll either answer it right then and there or save it for uh, an upcoming Friday episode. So the person today from the review section, I'm going to pick Shoni Who. Shoni Who left a review on September 20th with the title Amazing Content. And Shoni Who says, Farnoosh is fantastic about taking complex and emotional topics and breaking them down. Love listening to her interviews with other successful women. Her podcast is both informative and relatable. I also suggest reading her book, When She Makes More, a must read for women breadwinners everywhere. Thank you so much for that review. And I'm so glad that the book has helped you. I wrote this book almost five years ago. Gosh, yeah, five years ago. And it continues to have a drumbeat. You know, it continues to find its relevancy as we are not escaping this paradigm, this trend of more women leading the financial charge in their households. And I would love to connect with you, Shani Hu, if this is something that you have questions on or anything that you're dealing with in your financial life. Let's chat. You can email me, farnoosh at farnoosh.tv. You can also just send over a direct message on Instagram. Let me know that you are the Shani Hu who left a review on September 20th on iTunes for me, and we'll get the scheduling going. Thank you so much. Looking forward to chatting. All right, let's hit the mailbag. First question is from Sarah. She's 25 years old. Help in all caps. She says, I'm engaged to a Spanish citizen with plans to move there, but currently sponsoring his visa. I'm almost $100,000 in student debt. I'm a teacher, and I don't understand how to set up my finances the best way for me. Retirement, taxes, investing, I just know I need help. I've been looking for a financial planner, but their fees are between $1,500 and $3,000, and I don't have this money and won't for another year with my expenses. I am an avid budgeter and quite frugal. I just don't see the light at the end of a very long tunnel. What should I do? She says she's been listening to the show for about a month. Feels like I've answered a lot of the big surface questions for her, and now she wants details. So, Sarah... I'm here to serve and I appreciate the question and congratulations on being engaged. It's an exciting time in your life, big changes in your life coming uh, coming up, moving to Spain, getting married. I can sense that you're maybe a little overwhelmed or a lot overwhelmed. So I do have some specific tips for you. And I, I want to just start by saying that, you know, talking to a financial planner Working with a financial planner, it's an investment, but I think that where you are in your life as somebody who is going to be combining your life and perhaps your finances with your partner soon, and you've got debt, you don't seem to have a retirement plan set up yet, you're going to have a lot of questions, you're going to be a foreign national in Spain, and it might be helpful to invest in working with someone. And I'm not saying you have to do it right now, but thinking about eventually getting someone to work with you and your future spouse uh, and be on the team. Because I can give you all this advice, but it's really important that you also have a conversation with your partner about their plans and what do they have 
in their bank account? What kind of debt does your partner have? Do you know? What are the goals? So that's just a, to begin with, I want to just establish that and just say that, you know, I do think a financial planner could be a good investment for you both in your future. And the first meeting should be free. There is a lot to learn from that initial meeting, which is complimentary and should be complimentary. It's an opportunity for you to get to know this financial planner and for them to ask you some important questions and maybe give you a little bit of advice, nothing too specific, obviously, but it might be kind of nice to get a few people's perspectives and to set up some calls and talk to people about your situation. But from where I sit, I think the most important thing is that before you make this move to another country, it's going to be a big leap. I would love for you to get to Spain with some savings in the bank. So you say you're already a budgeter and you're being frugal. Do you have savings? Do you have, I don't know, a few months worth of expenses shored up in your bank account? I want you to be financially ready for this move in case it's not the right move. And you might decide you want to move back to the States or you want to do a different country or whatever. I think it's important for you as you're going to be transitioning to a new country. I assume the job might not be there right away. It's important to have your own financial resources. Um, Speaking as a woman, I feel very strongly about this and I just think that's number one. So do what you can to save at least a few months worth of your living expenses, or a few thousand dollars, several thousands of dollars before you make the leap to move overseas. Number two, you're a teacher. I don't know how it works in Spain, but here in the States, if you are a teacher and you work for public schools, you typically have access to a 403B, right? So a 403B is like a 401k. It's a retirement plan. You can invest money from your paycheck into this 403B plan. The money gets invested in a diversified portfolio for retirement. And you can use that contribution. You can deduct that from your taxable income in the year that you contributed. Um, This might be something to take advantage of if your employer, your school provides it before you move. Now, once you move, uh, you can't probably continue to contribute to this 403B. You've no longer, you're no longer working at this school. But as a U.S. citizen, you can still invest in the U.S. stock market and you can still go online to sites like, you know, Betterment and Wealthfront and Elevest. And there's a lot of online platforms now, Schwab, Vanguard, where you can open up an IRA or portfolio and invest. And I wouldn't go crazy, you know, maybe a little bit at a time, a little bit every month in a diversified portfolio. These sites are pretty smart. They're savvy. Before they move your money around, they will ask you a series of questions, your goals, your age, your risk tolerance, and they'll set up a nice portfolio for you that's balanced and diversified and low fee. So I would look into that as well, specifically, you know, these sites that I mentioned, You can get started on this now and bring that with you over to Spain. These are all virtual accounts. You can invest as long as you've got an internet connection and a bank account. You can continue to invest in these these types of platforms. So I would do that. Retirement's important. You're 25. You still got a long future ahead of you. And if you can get in now with with saving for retirement, if you can start now saving for retirement, 
you're going to be set up quite nice. Nicer, I'd say, than people who are starting later, 30s, 40s. A lot of people write in, they don't have anything for retirement, right? And they're pushing 40. You're 25, you're being proactive. I would say if you have a 403B at work, tap that, start contributing, you know, a little bit. I don't know with your student loans if you can really do a ton right now, but even just one, two, three percent. Find out if your employer offers a match. Usually they'll say, hey, if you put in a dollar, we'll put in a dollar up to five percent, six percent. If that's the case, take advantage of that and invest as much as you can to earn all of that match. Student debt, $100,000. That's hard. I would just be sure at the very minimum, you are making these payments on time every month. The reality is here with the student debt, there's not going to be a quick fix to these student loans unless you fall into a lot of money in the next few years. If you you know get a inheritance, a lump sum somehow, that could be an area where you'd want to put some of that towards. But it's the sort of thing where you're probably on a track to pay these off in a matter of years, 15 years, maybe 10 years, 20 years, I don't know, stay the course. And if it helps to call up your lenders and ask about programs that you might qualify for to get you on a more affordable repayment plan, that's worth it. I don't know if these are federal loans or private loans, but we know that Federal loans, um, there is a program for federal borrowers, federal loan borrowers called income-based repayment. Um, it's not uh, very easy to qualify, but you it's worth a shot. And if you're really struggling to pay them back because your income's not really high and your debt load is very high, you might qualify. There's a calculator on the site and uh, you can find out if you can qualify for the income-based repayment program, which essentially pegs your monthly payments to your income. And you can pay 10% to 15% of your monthly income, depending on you know where your loans are sitting at. And that's my specific advice for you, Sarah. I hope that was taking it a little bit of a step further for you and start by saving your money, a lot of your money, as much as possible. You got a big move ahead. I want you to be financially secure. Continue researching financial planners have those free initial phone calls, those free initial meetings to just get a little bit more insight. They might be able to tell you something that I didn't and could be a big game changer for you. Start investing in a retirement plan that your work provides for a 3B perhaps. And think about also investing in a portfolio online and you can take that with you wherever you go. All right, Sarah, good luck to you and congrats again. Next question is from Zinzi and Zinzi, a cool name, Zinzi. I hope I'm pronouncing it right. She says, I'm a huge fan of your values and passion towards entrepreneurship. Well, thank you. She says, thanks for being an inspiration. And Zinzi has been working as a self-employed international sales manager within the sustainable fashion industry. Her question is this, Farnoosh, I often provide consultancy to people and or businesses within my network, but I notice that these consults take place over the course of one or two phone calls or meetings. How can I make a business or a side hustle out of this? All right. I love this question. This is great. So I had a guest on this show once upon a time, many episodes ago, who said there's two ways to make money in this world, right? One way is to make money from what you do 
actually what you do. What do you do? You know, you teach, you code, you manage, you teach, you know, there's like so many things, right? I mean, I could go on and on, but you get the, you get the picture, right? There's like a physical aspect to your work, uh, what you actually do, your output that brings you in money. Second revenue stream that we all can tap, although few of us do, is making money from what we know. So I'll use my example of I'm a financial expert. What I do is I give advice I across all different platforms, books, podcasts, TV, et cetera. And I monetize through my output in my work as a writer, as a speaker, as a host. But I've also been able to monetize what I know, which is more of the behind the scenes, right? So how did I build this career? How did I start a podcast? How did I leverage books to build platforms? And how did I score, you know, media? And how did I become me essentially? And if you're a thought leader and you are in any particular space, it doesn't have to be finance. You could be a health expert. You could be a psychiatrist, be a chef. You might be interested in following in my footsteps but doing it your way. But there are certain practices and steps and I feel are teachable, best practices. So I teach this through different programs, consults, and I monetize. So I'm monetizing not just what I do, but also what I know, what I have learned as a result of what I now do. And I see this, Zinzi, in, in the way that you're thinking. You're thinking, okay, well, I work in you know, international sales as a manager within sustainable fashion and people come to me for advice because I'm sure you have a lot of mentorship to offer. The way you turn this into a business is you officially become the business of this. You create a brand around this. You know, is there a point of view that you have or a system that you've created or a strategy that you have that you can promote that is unique to you? You know, think about what are the questions that people are asking you? What are the repeating questions people are asking you? What's the number one thing people come to you to learn? That's a good place to start. That's what you know is special and proprietary to you. If you've been getting this question over and over again, well, guess what? You're pretty much the go-to person now for answering that question. Let's leverage that. That becomes your copy for your sales page. You will probably want to establish a website, you know, and talking about what it is that you offer and thinking about how you want to offer it. Do you want to do one-on-one consults? Do you want to create a downloadable kit that people can pay money for? Is it a, a group program that you want to create? Like a some people call it a mastermind or group coaching. You're thinking about what is going to be your structure around this business. And there are a lot of models out there that you can look at. There are, I would say, a lot of lifestyle coaches. And I think the coaching industry is probably a good place to start to look at how these different expert coaches are positioning themselves. Because I don't know, again, specifically what the advice is that you're giving, what the consulting is, but you're going to have to just you know, not fake it till you make it, but really present yourself in such a way that it looks like you are in business, right? So you've got the website, get some testimonials. You probably helped a lot of people already. They can give some nice commentary, feedback. That's going to go a long way on your website. You've got a clear strategy. You've got different ways people can opt in. 
Word of mouth is really great too. Like you got to start positioning yourself as a consultant. You're not just an advice giver. You're not just someone who will take you out, will go to coffee and give free advice to friends. You need to structure this and say, okay, so my, the first 30 minutes is free, but you really want to use those first 30 minutes to sell, upsell that person to a bigger relationship with you that they will now pay. This conversation, this this feedback could go on for hours, I think. Hopefully this is helpful to many people. Just put your flag in the ground and say, I'm a consultant. Uh, my hourly rate is X. I help people do X, Y, and Z. This is my website. Here's how to you know, work with me. Maybe it's just you get a little tab. If you have a website already, start a tab that says work with me. You know, and that's primarily for one-on-ones and kind of outline it on the site. Here are all the ways I work with pe- people and, and brands. I love it. I love talking about this stuff. I love talking about how to make money, how to just make it. All right. Thank you so much, Zinzi, and good luck. Mary has a question and Mary wants to sell her timeshare. She doesn't have a mortgage on the timeshare anymore, but she does have a monthly fee. What's the best way of doing this? She asks. All right. So I'm not the timeshare expert, but I have fielded this question a number of times throughout my career. And I think the first thing you want to do, Mary, is go and refer to your contract, right? The agreement that you made with the company. I think you said it's um, Weston. And find out what the uh, process is. And, you know, are there any rules around selling your timeshare? The good news is, is you don't have a mortgage left on this timeshare. I do know that often people want to get rid of their timeshares mid-mortgage. And that's that can be really hard, almost impossible. But you don't have any more money left to pay into this as far as the market, mortgage goes. So I think it'll be an easier sell for you. A lot of people who sell their timeshares will work with a specialist, a timeshare agent, the American Resort Development Association uh, might be able to point you in the, a good direction. Weston might be able to point you in a good direction. Other people in the timeshare that you may know might also have some recommendations. The resort also might be open to taking back your timeshare. So definitely call up Weston. Weston should be your first call. I want to sell my timeshare. I don't have a mortgage left on it. What do you recommend? What are the best steps to take? But I would say of all the different timeshare questions I've gotten, this is the most optimistic and most, for me, I feel like I'm very optimistic about your situation because you don't have a mortgage left and it doesn't sound like you're in a bind or you're in a financial rut and this is, you know, weighing on you that you've maybe gotten a lot out of it and now you're ready to move on. So good luck to you and thank you for your question. Question here from Lore GL on Instagram. And she says, I love the podcast. Thank you very much. She says, a group of girlfriends and I are all turning 30. We listen together. Oh my God, that is the coolest thing ever. Do you have like listening parties? Or no, maybe probably it's like a book club. It's like a podcast club. That's actually a brilliant idea. Is Am I learning about this for the first time? Are there podcast clubs out there? Because I'd love to like pop in and join you guys. She says, we live in separate parts of the world. Oh, wow. This is great. I love that my podcast is bringing together people internationally. This is amazing. Wow. Okay. I'm going get to your, get to your question now. She says, I want to get your advice on a 401k since I just started a new job. I won't be allowed to contribute to it until a year from my start date, which was last week. 
I've already met the match in my 401k at my old job, and I still have room to meet the 401k contribution limit. I maxed out my Roth IRA in January. What should I do with the money that I would normally contribute to a 401k over the next year? Well, you could open up a traditional IRA. It's not going to allow you to contribute as much as a 401k. It's going to be as much as the Roth, about 6000 But it is an opportunity to keep on keeping on with retirement and use that contribution to reduce your taxable income. Um, so like a 401k, the traditional IRA, you can deduct your contribution from your taxable income up to the limit, which is $6,000 in 2019. So I might advise you to do that. Yeah. And good on you for maxing out your Roth IRA. That's my two cents. Laura GL. Laura GL. I hope I'm saying your name right. I think I want to say Laura or Laurel, but it's L-A-U-R-E-G-L. Very cool to hear that you have a podcast social group and that I am, uh, I'm on the playlist. Feels, makes me feel very cool. Thank you so much and good luck and congrats on the new job. Okay, question here from Kristen. She says, hey, Farnoosh, I recently bought a condo with my husband in New York. We put 10% down to keep a little more money at our disposal. We got a really reasonable interest rate and we have a manageable monthly mortgage payment. We currently have 75,000 in savings that we're keeping in a high yield checking account. This does not include our retirement. This is what we consider our emergency fund, though it's more than enough for many months. This month, I received an additional $50,000 in inheritance, and I want to allocate it smartly. Do I take some of the money and put it towards the principal of our mortgage to lower our monthly payment and free up some more money for savings, or do I put the money into a CD or other short-term investment account? I want to make this money work for my husband and me so that we can tap it if we need it, but we're fortunate to be in a position where we don't really need it immediately. What would you do? You could put some of the money in a CD or another short-term investment account. Not a bad idea. I would also want to know how you're doing as far as retirement. So it sounds like you have retirement savings. Do you feel like you're doing enough? I would run some calculators online. There's calculators at sites like choosetosave.org, AARP, Bankrate, NerdWallet. They have a lot of cool retirement savings calculators online. And just to double check and make sure that you are investing enough to have what you need, what you think you need at that age that you want to retire. I would do that because this is a nice chunk of change. It's a nice windfall that you're getting. And while it doesn't sound like you want to tie this up, all of it, perhaps some of it you keep, maybe half of it in a short-term investment account or a CD and then the rest you put towards your retirement. I would also take a big step back, Kristen, and think about, you know, what are our goals? Do you do you and your husband want to travel the world? Do you want to set up a foundation? Do you want to, or a scholarship? Do you want to, uh, I don't know, take time off work? If you do, then this is money that could really help you achieve that goal very quickly. Sometimes the best way to spend money is to invest it in your experiences and in your personal growth. If you've got all these other buckets filled, you've got plenty in you know, uh, emergency savings, you've got retirement, your mortgage is humming along and you don't have any other debts or anything like that, 
then perhaps this is an opportunity for you and your husband to kind of like shake things up a little bit or do something really cool and that you've always wanted to do, but was going to cost money. And now you've got the money. Again, this is super personal, but perhaps you've always had the dream to start a charitable fund or invest in real estate. This is a lot of money that you can do a lot of different things with. So for me to sit here, you know, from my kitchen and give you some advice, I'll get, I'll do it. I'll happily do it, but you're going to be the best judge of what best way to spend this money is. And, you know, I can say generally, if you don't want to tie this money up, I wouldn't put it in the stock market. Um, I would put it in something more liquid and less volatile. It's a good problem to have. And I really appreciate you coming to me with this question. And thanks to everybody, to Sarah, to Zinzi, Mary, Laura, Laura, GL, Kristen. I hope this was helpful. I look forward to hearing from more of you who are listening. Don't be shy. I've got answers for your questions. In some cases, I've got co-hosts lined up. So send me your questions on Instagram at Farnoosh Tarabi. You can direct message me there. You can email me, farnoosh at farnoosh.tv. You can also go on somoneypodcast.com and click on Ask Farnoosh and send me your question there. All right, everybody, weekend's here. Thanks for tuning in. And I hope your weekend is so money. <laughs>